0: this is valerie van buven with the senior care industry netcast where leaders with three or more years of experience in the senior care market share their advice we are rejoined today with by phyllis Amon, and she is going to tell us who she is and what she does she's going to give us that recap but she has some exciting news to share with us so take it away phyllis
1: Oh, thanks so much, Valerie. It's so great to be here with you again. So yes, I'll, I'll talk about what I do first, and then I'll talk about the exciting news, just how you introduced it. So I'm an elder care advisor, advocate, uh, family care strategist, and family care mediator. So I help families and, and individuals become more informed and effective advocates for their loved one's care. Uh, I do this because I've spent Well, 45 plus years as a speech and language pathologist working in now about 50 nursing homes. So I certainly come with a very inside perspective on what people need to know, why they need to know it, what questions to ask, why they should be asking those questions, and more importantly, what are the answers that they should be getting that would ensure that their loved one gets better care.
0: Very nice, and I know that you have years and years of amazing experience with all of this, and we will make sure that all of your contact information, your LinkedIn, and everything you're about to talk about is with that, so folks can look you up and know more about you. Great. Tell us about your exciting
1: news. Right. right, so my latest book, my third, Dignity and Respect, Our Aging Parents Getting What They Deserve, was published December 5th. And one day later, it became a number one new release on Amazon. So that is pretty exciting. Yes, very Um, exciting. I had a press release go out about the book. And actually, it was picked up by 1,780 news outlets around the country. And this I didn't share with you. It turns out that I know a Brazilian journalist, and it was featured all over the country of Brazil, from north to south and east to west. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to mention, I don't know if I mentioned this when I was on last time, but I have a podcast and it's called Seniors Straight Talk on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. But why I'm mentioning it particularly now, because I mentioned Brazil, is that we have a collaborative partner. And it's the a global organization called the Pass It On Network, which is an organization in 70 countries made up of thought leaders and advocates that are advocating for quality care, quality life, um, you know, an improved life and about ageism and counteracting the effects of ageism around the world. So they are collaborative partners with me now on the podcast. So I'm very proud to, to be working with them. And uh, we continue as you do, bringing informative conversations, important information that people need to know.
0: So now you're an international superstar that's awesome i'm so glad that things are going really well um, i want to ask you a few more questions about your new book if that's okay yeah please first question is what was the catalyst behind writing your third book i know that's not a small task trust me what's not <laughs> All right. was it the was it the pandemic did you have a lot of time was it something you've been wanting to do for a while what was the
1: Well, interestingly enough, I, I did want to write a third book, but it wasn't, it was in elder care, but it wasn't this topic. Mm -hmm. um, And it wasn't now. And what happened was when you talk about having time on your hands, because a lot of us are spending more time at home. I was watching a webinar from a publisher uh, because I had a book of his and I was just interested to find out what he had to say. And he was talking about launching a previous book. And, you know, I started thinking about that. I said, well, that's an interesting prospect. But then I thought, you know, I had been working in nursing homes during COVID. Um, As a speech pathologist, I was called to cover in a few places. And that experience was, was really extraordinary. And I said, you know what? Rather than relaunching a book, why don't I kind of start the story, even though it's not a story per se, like a novel, but start from that that point, from that point, and go forward with how we're caring for and treating our older adults. Because obviously, the COVID has, situation has really highlighted, you know, what's been happening not only in nursing homes, but for older people in our communities who are isolated and, uh, you know, don't have the contact that that uh, they need to have really in order
0: to continue to thrive. Yeah. So that was the impetus. That's awesome. But, you know, this really has shed a lot of light on what, what's going on with our senior population. Those who are the frailest, those who are the, in need of the most resources, are uh, sometimes uh, fall through the cracks and maybe more often than we realized. So, this has uh, definitely been an eye opener in lots of areas of senior care and aging. And tell us what are some of the things or some of the chapters or some of the things that folks will learn when they read your book.
1: Right. So uh, as I said, it starts with COVID, but I I, uh, talk a lot about isolation and loneliness, even though people are in a nursing home or in an environment where they're surrounded by other people. Uh, very often, people are isolated. I don't only mean because of the COVID situation and not being able to be in touch with their families and loved ones, but even in the buildings themselves, people very much don't have, very often don't have the kind of interaction they really need to have in order to thrive in, in, a, in a more social way. So I, I talk about isolation and loneliness beyond just that family interaction. Also, the importance of the healthcare worker and how they really are not valued to the degree that they should be, especially certified nurse aides who do 90% of the care for people in nursing homes and are the least paid and often the least respected, uh, but they do the lion's share of the work. Uh, So I talk about healthcare workers and uh, respect for them as well, dignity and respect for our healthcare workers about, person-centered care what that really means and how do how leaders really should think about their staff and person-centered uh, their person-centered approach to their leadership with their staff because if if people feel valued they in turn will help translate that value to the people they care for so i talk about that and um I talk a lot about, I go on to talk about ageism. The last two chapters really focus on ageism. what are really our attitudes towards people that are older and what are people's attitudes about their own aging and how does that start? And how can we address that to change that so that people aren't uh, disrespected or have a life that's less dignified than they should deserve, than they deserve. So those are the chapters that I really uh, cover.
0: It's amazing; those are great. That you know what, and so I'm going to have to get a copy because that all of that <laughs> piques my interest as a healthcare professional. And would you say that folks who would be interested in this book um, are, can be consumers or healthcare professionals? Absolutely, absolutely. I would say you know, people have asked me,
1: what's my target audience? You know, that's always a question. What's your target audience? And you talk about a demographic, and age group, let's say 40 and above, baby boomers, older people. But the reality is that everyone is, is um, affected by this in some way or another. You know, I've done many presentations on caregiving. And I start my presentations in one of two ways. Sometimes I ask who here has been caring for an older parent or who has an older parent or has concerns about an older parent or know somebody. Those are my first few questions. But sometimes I start with a question and I tell people that they're going to think this question is funny or silly, but there's a reason for the question. How many people have here have had parents or have parents? Well, none of us would be here if, if it wasn't for that situation. So uh, then I go on from there. So in reality, it's really for everybody because it's our future, our future.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say, too, that anyone who's I mean, when you talk about a younger demographic, if someone's in college right now and they're studying to be a social worker, a registered nurse, a social, uh, a physical therapist, an occupational sure. therapist, a speech therapist, any of those professions this would be a really good time to understand more about our current world and our current situation.
1: Right. Also to be, I just going to interject, if you don't mind for a moment, that I've been, um, reaching out to programs that have masters in public health or public policy, because these are areas that really, are to be thought about. Uh, it's not just about understanding the policy or understanding uh, the, um, the regulations and, and the areas that that are that need looking into or that we, we need to look into in order to make improvements for our, our the care of our older people in our lives or or running a hospital or, or you know whatever that administrative role is. But but what are the underlying issues? That that really inform those positions that that you really need to address. Being a leader, yeah. what are those? And what better way to hear from somebody who's lived it? That that's my my idea. It's you know I, I've, I'm in touch with many thought leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that that I've been able to make those connections and that we have the kinds of dialogues that we do. I think. What I bring to the table that is different is that I do have the experience. It's 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 like it's like hitting the button on a search engine to look for something, but then talking to somebody who has that experience. It brings it to life in a different way. Yes. So I am, the, the passion I have for it is because I've lived it. And that comes through and it, it kind of presents it a little differently, I yeah. think, than just than just studying a book about you know, the, the areas of healthcare that need to be addressed kind of yeah. thing.
0: No, I, tell, I totally agree with you. And I would also say, uh, to go back to your point about leadership, every nursing home, every assisted living facility, independent living community, home healthcare agency, home care agency, private duty, whatever they are, the way those clients are cared for, absolutely 100% comes from the top down. Right, right. And if without good leadership in that role, and not everybody, not every business owner is meant to be a great leader in that specific role, Um, and not every leader is meant to be a business owner. So um, having said that, I think taking, you know, reading something like this and, and taking a look at me as a leader or me as a business owner with my director of nursing over here, who is kind of the leader. Um, or is the leader, or my licensed nursing home administrator who's the leader, when you take a look at that and you read a book like this, it'll give you, I think, uh, it sounds to me like a lot more insight into what can we change culturally and from the top Mm -hmm. down to make sure those aids, to reduce our turnover, to make sure they feel respected, and dignified themselves so that our, our clients, and, and so, you know, we all, you know, everyone feels respected and and, and with, with dignity, living with dignity. Because because everybody needs
1: that. It's, it's a basic human need. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think people, leaders think about that. I don't think people think about that, even in terms of the people that they're caring for. We, we all have basic human needs. I talk about that in the book also, the need for security, for love, for you know, being um, part of a community, for relationships, for, um, you know, affection, for, you know, we all, for comfort, for safety, we all have those needs for purpose. And I don't think we think about older adults necessarily as needing all of those things.
0: Yes. And I don't know that we think from day to day, as we look at our nurses' aides running around and doing baths, out of chairs and into bed and out of bed, I don't think we look at them and think to ourselves, and, and, and I know everybody's busy and then it's crazy and it's a busy morning, but every single person in that facility, no matter why they're there working or living there, they need to feel dignified and respected. Correct. And in this industry right now, we're talking a lot about challenges with recruiting, challenges with turnover. And it is in some cases about the money, don't get me wrong, but in a lot of cases, when I talk to a home care agency owner, for instance, who is a, is sort of a, takes the role of, and I don't mean to belittle this or their role, but a house mother, you know, sort of like someone who's very mothering and caring to their caregivers, those people don't leave her for 25 cents more somewhere else because they love her. Absolutely, you know, I talk about this
1: story in in this uh, in this book. A nursing home I worked in many years ago, and uh, the owner, the owner, not the administrator. The administrator, uh, he didn't really have much of a personality. From <laughs> I was that was just my assessment, just an armchair assessment. Maybe it was me. I don't know. Maybe we just didn't click. But anyway, the owner four times a week would come and do rounds on every unit in the building and I watched him once uh, because he came up and he asked me who I was it was the first time he saw me nobody had ever done that what I did there what my role was welcomed me I I was amazed it was a a beautiful thing and I and I watched him and subsequently I would watch him he knew all the, the names of all the people who worked there he would ask them gee how was your son's graduation how's your mother doing how is your you know uh, vacation and he knew the residents also and needless to say just as you said people were very loyal to him yes. because they felt that they mattered to him mm-hmm Uh, whether they did or not well I think it was genuine because if it's not genuine people can sense that oh yeah and uh, he he did this four days a week every single week that's what this man did and when I finally decided to leave there I told him that I was sorry to leave him and he was the owner not the administrator Mm -hmm. and he said he knew that It was really something to work there. I left there because they brought in a new director of rehabilitation, and that was a whole other story. And so I decided to move on because of the philosophy that was going to change. But I was really sorry to to meet that to leave that man. Mm -hmm. I uh, had the opportunity to see him about a year and a half no a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing a presentation at a company that he's now part of, they own many nursing homes. I was so thrilled to see this man, you would think that I saw my long lost relative, I've I've talked about him for years. And I wrote about him in this book, actually, about leadership. Yes, because that is a leadership style. It's management by walking around. It's not walking around aimlessly. It has a it has a purpose. And I don't think people realize that. I've seen too many people, administrators, director of nurses who just sit in their office and, and don't do much. Yeah. I mean, oh not that they don't do much. They don't have much interaction with the staff. Right. I don't mean they don't do much. Oh,
0: right. please, let me correct. Right. I know, I know, I know. Right. They, do, they are busy, but there's also right. a um, personal uh, business slash personal component to this where you are very much in touch with um, the, the folks that work with you and, and their challenges right. and helping them overcome them. Um, I think, you know, so, so we go on and on and, and I talk to folks daily about this challenge with recruiting and this challenge with um, turnover and, and not all of it can be solved by just being a very nice person. But, but, uh, <laughs> but I will say the one, the, the, the agencies, the assisted living facilities, the nursing homes that have the least amount of challenges still have challenges but the least amount are the ones who take this this um role of being very much uh, a carer of how people feel and what they're doing and how can i help you with that and and you can't solve every problem for everybody but to at least express that you are 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 interested in what's happening in their life right Um, I, i not to interrupt but a thought just came to me that uh, uh,
1: another role that that leaders can take on is is kind of that of being a mentor. Think of yourself as a mentor uh, how how you can help shape people's lives in, in even, even if they're just maintaining that that role that that position in your in your facility, in your building. how can you help shape their lives during that period of time that they're because that's really what you're doing. It's not really like just a fee for service kind of thing. Like, oh, I work like a transa- like a transaction. I think a lot of people think of, of people who work in their buildings as a transaction. You work for me. I pay you. And it's a transactional relationship. But maybe if they could think beyond that.
0: Yes. Absolutely. This is that could change the dynamic. Yeah. This is a uh, it, it, yes. And I would, I would honestly say, I can remember from being a young nurse, if someone came to me and said, and, and inexperienced, registered nurse, but still only 21 years old, 22 years old, if someone came to me and said, you know, you know or something nice, or or just asked me a question like, I hope you're doing good today. How, how's the day going? Is there anything right. I can do with? I am going to turn around, whether I realize it or not, because as a young person, you're not as intuitive, I don't think, sometimes about, you <laughs> know, how someone else's words affect the rest of your day. Right. I'm much more likely to be a better um, advocate and steward of m- my patients' needs because right. someone actually was nice to me. So this whole thing, and, I, and I'm so glad you did this and wrote this book, because I think from our human basic human interactions to honoring our seniors to honoring our staff. There's so much interrelated there that can help everybody. And, uh, absolutely just really does shine through in some of these facilities when their caregivers are also cared for. Right.
1: And, and there are places that are doing a better job and are trying, um, I'd say the greater number are not, because they have, you know, I, uh, I read Simon Sinek's book. Start with why. Not that I, I and after I read it, it, I mean obviously I knew what my why was, but I didn't think about about it in, in you know the gestalt maybe. And I, I think that people who, and you can't legislate this, you can't change this. Um, but it depends what the why is. And I think that that may be some of the the root of some of the issues here. The why is, is, uh, I can't tell people what their why should be. Nobody can tell another person what their why should be. But that why doesn't really, it's kind of like um, counterintuitive to the, the business of the business of, caring for people it's it's kind of like an oxymoron in a way yeah uh kind of thing I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a business or it shouldn't be profitable that's that's not what I mean what I mean is but what is the the root why of of why you're doing this and if people could really look inside themselves and find the the caring part I think that would translate into how a staff is, is cared for, treated, uh, the environment that's created for them. I think it would, it would translate into how residents are cared for, how they feel about you know, the environment they're living in. I think it, it, it all has to come together
0: in that way. I, I totally agree with you. This is a, uh, can be complicated, but it is all encompassing in the world of senior care from the top down. And I think it's important that consumers understand uh, a lot about this as well, whether they are an aging adult or they have aging parents, which, you know, some of us absolutely are in that place, uh, and uh, or, or grandparents. I think it's important for a whole set of folks to understand more about what happens as we age. And, and, and some of the changes we could make to make things better. And if nothing, you know we all talk about how 2020 wasn't a great year, but it sure has taught us a lot of lessons. Oh, and absolutely. a lot of change for the better, I, my hope is will come from that. We should never forget um, you know some of the tragedy and some of the lessons that we've learned. There's a lot of things that happen in our lifetime that we should never forget events and tragedies and things like that, this year, that year should have taught us um, a lot about our aging population and what we could do better on the whole, so.
1: Absolutely, I agree,
0: I agree. Thank you for writing the book and thank you for coming back on the show and sharing oh. it. Sure, everything is on with this video so that folks can order it and I'll be ordering a copy for myself and a couple of friends today. Thanks, and I just want to mention one other thing, if that's okay. There sure. are so many people that
1: that are struggling during this period of time, right? They need resilience and uh, strategies to be resilient. I actually wrote a course. I, I talk about it in the book too, but I wrote a course called um, "Resilience Toolbox Secrets: How to Overcome Well over, How to Overcome Overwhelm, Burnout, and and." Um, and, and stress. It's on my website, www.phyllisaymanassociates.com. But I also want to say as a person who was working in nursing homes during COVID, that wearing PPE, the stress, the anxiety, the, the worry you have for your the people you're caring for, the worry for yourself and for your families, it really can become devastating in a way. Um, I was speaking with a gal yesterday who was telling me how anxious she is. And so people really need to do something to exercise self-care, even if it's five minutes a day or five minutes twice a day, there are simple things people can do. So I urge them to do whatever they can for their own resilience so that they can continue um, in whatever they have to do and with the challenges we're all facing.
0: Yeah. It's a good time to practice some deep breathing, a little, maybe right. a little meditation or right. yoga. Or
1: even gratitude, even something simple like gratitude, um, for, for something great that happened in your day and a gratitude, an attitude of gratitude for something that you're going to find in your day and look forward to in the day ahead, uh, with some deep breathing, I think is, uh, is a great, it's a great
0: strategy. Yes. And those little celebrations mean a lot right. to our to yeah. us up and here. They're so simple,
1: <laughs> and it's simple and it doesn't take a lot of time, but the value you get from it is exponentially so much greater.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Phyllis. We appreciate you coming on the show and uh, we will make sure everybody gets, gets the good word. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks an awful
1: lot, Valerie. Take care. And I hope to see you again soon. Take it easy. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>